What's up, everybody? I'm Dr. Peter Bolden. And I'm Dr. Craig Spodek, and you're listening to the Bulletproof Dental Practice Podcast. Simply the best podcast in dentistry designed to help you maximize your practice and your life through four pillars of success. Leadership, team culture, marketing, and financial freedom, and everything in between. Now, let's get to it. I want to kind of talk about some cool biohacks that that you know about and you and I have kind of talked about some just privately but mm-hmm. one thing I've learned is um, and, and I want you to poke holes in this is the biggest and easiest lowest hanging fruit for longevity is intermittent fasting can you talk about the positives and the negatives oh, my wife's all about it this might be the first podcast my wife ever listens to <laughs> from me so you know where that comes from is the calorie restriction literature so and um, they felt like, I guess it worked in worms, you know, so maybe it's good for, for humans. And so the, the best studies were done with worms and then, then mice actually. Mice, so it got, yeah. got a little closer uh, to us. And so then there was some extrapolation for that, but there's a lot of similar, similar uh, sort of stimulation with that. So calorie restriction, even with, um, so the, the studies done with them was like 25% reduction in calories, but most humans won't refuse to do that. But even 10% reduction in calories, um, uh, could do that. But is this all about, so here's what I want to know is like, so I, the studies I've read that basically says that if you can, it doesn't matter when you fast, as long as you can kind of like break your eating window down to eight hours a day, right? So you're fasting for 16 hours a day. So that means mm-hmm. basically a, a big lunch and a big dinner, and then you're kind of done or however you want to break it up. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. and you said, you mentioned it was a caloric restriction, but isn't it also about an insulin and, and, and insulin resistance and not wearing mm-hmm. out your kind of, you know, like our modern day diet has our insulin spiking and then it stays up top and it kind of wears our system down and it spikes again in our next meal. Right. Kind of, so maybe you can kind of, kind of break this down a little bit for me because I think it's, yeah, that's- Really part of people to adopt if 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 it if it's if it's valid and it and it was the only thing I should mention you know Craig um, maybe we haven't mentioned in our podcast but you know intermittent fasting and the, and the ketogenic diet was the only thing that helped me kind of shed some pounds when I was in that fitness competition and it and it was it was effortless like what fitness oh, competition are we talking about I did it a long time ago no a fitness oh, that, was with it, my buddies not on oh stage. I thought this was like the Mr. <laughs> I was flexing <laughs> like naked and afraid or something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Skinny I just I pictured you in like a, a one piece bikini and like fake tan. It was, it was <laughs> tupp- with a Tupperware and a and a, and a Skinny what? Fat Guy competition, Craig. Dude, I'll kill you on that one. You'll kill me, Dad. Bod, the Dad Bod Universe. Oh man, um, I got seven years in you, Pete. Wait, just wait. So, um, so yeah. So I want to know more about: is it the window? Is it the is it the restriction? Is it about all about insulin is it what is it yeah so it's all those things so the simplest thing looking at calorie restriction is true so overall calorie restriction uh works right and so that and part of it is because we're doing calorie restriction we're we're decreasing the stress on the body it's uh, supposedly decreasing the uh, free radical the oxidative state uh, there too you're decreasing your insulin so insulin level is falling down you know lower because you're not stressing the system and, and it is about carbohydrate control as well. So mm-hmm. it, it is about, so the simplest, yeah, calorie restriction. And then they looked at, well, what if we did, you know, some of this fasting? And some people do um, daily fasting where they fast overnight. So the simplest, or the next step would be overnight fasting. So every night doing a 12-hour fast, not eating after dinner. So by later in the, um, that fasting state, your insulin level falls to the lowest. And then you actually are probably using more fatty acid for fuel 
the, those later hours um, uh, of the fast. If you prolong it a little more, then that actually, that's pronounced, right? So the 18-hour fast, that's where this intermittent fasting comes in. And commonly, people will do this five and two sort of rotation where, you know, maybe five days a week, they just won't eat after um, supper. Mm-hmm. And then two days a week, they won't eat after lunch, you know, or something, or, or make an 18-hour fast um, um, out of it. I have um, a quick question. Um, the yeah. fasting, I, and I'm, it, does that mean like um, – no food whatsoever, no drinks, no, I mean, would it, would it mess up your fast if you had, let's say coffee and or right, coffee doesn't break fast, right doc? But, yeah, but so no, so hydration is fine. So it's really food. Um, and then some people, you know, do carbohydrate fast, but they don't eat, they may eat something, but they don't eat zero carbs. You know, so there's a lot of variation in the theme, but, um, but you could eat, you could drink, but not have food or anything that's going to stimulate an insulin response. Interesting. So I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm not eating very much in, during the day anymore, which is really strange. You know, I'm having coffee, but I'm just not finding, number one, I don't find the time, but I'm not, uh, I'm not eating like just lately, like breakfast, lunch at all. I don't know. I just kinda... you put all your calories at nighttime? Yeah, it's like, I think it's called a sumo wrestler diet. Uh-huh. <laughs> to try to make weight for the next uh, weight class. Is it, no, I'm not kidding. It's, I think it's probably bad for me, right? Yeah, so metabolically, you're kind of going opposite of, of what the normal diurnal pattern, you know, should be. Even, <laughs> even the people that skip breakfast and do this intermittent fasting, they'll eat lunch and dinner and then not eat again until lunch. When we look at what our cortisol levels are supposed to do, you're supposed to wake up in the morning. Your cortisol rises for the first half of the day and then falls off around noontime. So I kind of look at that, and that's kind of going against the grain a little bit. I guess if you're healthy enough and you can compensate for that, that's fine. But um, I see you know, the people I see are people that have chronic stress and have adrenal dysfunction. And so they actually don't do as well if they, they skip the morning time. So they need to feed their adrenals, I tell them, in the morning, in the first half of the day. So if you're going to do that intermittent fasting. Hey, um, hey, Pete, would you mind if we take the next like, 30, 40 minutes and just make this all about me and I could get my one-on-one consultation with Dr. Flowers? <laughs> is, that, is that cool with you and the, probably the listeners? I love it. Let's just have a, a Spoda consultation. Is that okay? And we'll record it for the, you know, because actually it'd be pretty comical for people to learn how uh-huh. I'm everything It could out. get quite personal, though. Yeah, oh, I, I'm an open book, you know. I, I actually, <laughs> um, so one wow. of the more popular things that's going on in the narrative of, uh, you know, in what we're talking about too is is there's a lot of a lot of techies and biohackers are are taking metformin. Uh-huh. Wow, um, isn't that like for like breast diabetes. cancer? No, yeah. diabetes, right, Doc? It's it's right, a, right. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. So basically, to the extent of kind of talking about, I'm and it, what sorry, but it's a longevity. They're taking it from a longevity perspective because it's of its anti-cancer functions like that. So I'm trying to draw a loop onto the the caloric restriction and how there's potentially some some evidence of being anti-cancer. Right. Exactly. Cancer loves sugar. Cancer right? loves sugar. That- Ooh, that's a great little one there. That's why when we talked about controlling inflammation, oxidation, and glucose. That's also the risk factors for cancer, you know, especially someone who's had a cancer or, or um, has one, then, then low carbohydrate nutrition is essential uh, to do that. So that's part of the reason why that, that, that is. Yeah. So, um, so doc, you're not consuming any sugar, huh? <laughs> so I don't consume simple sugars. Um, except so sugar for occasional cocktails, in, except, like, for, except for bourbon. That's, that's, but that's, that's, that's your vice. That's my vice. So, but I don't, I don't really eat bread, you know, um, I don't eat sandwiches. 
um, I, I, I do I do eat meat, you know, but um, mostly a plant-based uh, diet. Um, it's not that I would never, you know, have a piece of cheesecake, but you know, in general, I don't. And the other thing is thinking about look at like a dinner. Like if you go to dinner at you know some Italian restaurant or something, so there's bread on the table, you know, there's pasta that's coming, there's wine, then there's you know cake at the end or you know, yep. some kind it's of normal Friday you know. night for me. <laughs> so, so it's just a, you know, if you count up all the carbs, it's just huge, and so. So what, what I do personally and what I talk about doing is like, well, you know, you, you're not totally deprived and you just pick, okay, what's your, what's going to be your favorite carb, you know? And so, so for me, I want the red wine. So I'm not necessarily going to have the bread. I'm not going to do wow. all the other stuff I'll do. I'll kind of pick what's going to be oh, you know, my favorite. You know, for that wow. And the amazing like thing the is all you can eat breadsticks too, Craig. Yeah. No, <laughs> we've eaten together many a time and Pete, Pete and I like, like eat like we're uh uh, Beavis and Butthead, uh, or something like <laughs> but, um, you know, it's amazing for those of you who are not listening to the video. Um, doc looks probably like he's about, you know, maybe right around Pete and our age, you know, in the low forties, but he's actually what, 137 years old. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. 36, 136 years old. It's incredible. <laughs> like a so, young Yoda. So yeah, he's literally like a taller, more, uh, more her suit yoga. Yoda. Uh, that's it. Uh, so, uh, so, to kind of talk, you know, about the sugar, that's kind of where that comes in as far as helping to get insulin control, glucose control um, uh, with with that diet. And that make and then me bring up that metformin. That's kind of a hack for preventing uh, for preventing sugar spikes and uh, what am I right. trying to say? So it's improved uh, the utilization the of insulin, right? So you're 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 and it may do some other things like promote something called AMPK, which is you know found to help with the energy cycle. And one of the things that um, uh, probably is protecting the cell and it could be even working, you know, this whole kind of genetic influence, right? So that's how fasting works. And that's how things like metformin or even like resveratrol, very common mm -hmm. one that people say, Oh, you know, it, it's a, they're fasting mimicking compounds. And so, so instead of actually doing the work to do, you know, a calorie restriction, you know, they want these other things to try to mimic that. And so that's kind of how metformin works. Okay. So, and, and there's something called the mTOR pathway too, right? That, right. that mm -hmm. that's, not the caveat, that's caveat mTOR. It's just buyer beware is what you're talking about, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. This is just getting so like far off in the, in the <laughs> all right. Sorry. I was <laughs> we not here. We won't go down. And all right, but I do want to talk about, so let's talk about bulletproof coffee because I, how, how, what, how do you feel about that from a, from a, physical fitness standpoint how do you feel about it from a health standpoint is it okay to do in 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 a well you know it also depends on your genetics right so if you're doing a big saturated fat load then in the person who's genetically susceptible i've seen that actually influence their cholesterol mm -hmm. and people that can handle that and they're not hyper absorbers um then then may not necessarily influence their cholesterol and of course butter is one of the things with that saturated fat seem to influence some um, LDL cholesterol more than say some other saturated fats like in a meat or something like that. Um, so, so it's just a so fact that also that it's low, for that. That low carb, not necessarily. Right. Yeah. So, you know, the majority of people would do fine, but we know we find the select people that, you know, that, that would be, might be a problem. And same with the, the different forms of keto uh, diet, right? So ketogenic, really the essential is that it's low carb. But mm -hmm. people have kind of tried to promote ketosis by adding in a high fat diet with that. 
And so when I see the people who are genetically predisposed, they go from normal cholesterols to cholesterols of like 300 and something, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. so, but not everybody, but then, you know, those are genetically susceptible people. So, um, and then, you know, and the, and the, they could do just low carb. They don't have to do such high fat, you know? So for those people, it's not worth it to do that. All right. I want to make sure you guys run and don't walk to sign up for the next summit. I know this summit's coming a little earlier than the traditional October one like we had last year, but this one's going to be awesome. It's going to be in LA. It's going to be in June. The weather's going to be nice. The waves are going to be crashing. We're going to be surfing. It's going to be a blast. It's also over the Father's Day weekend, which make a vacation out of it. Bring your fam. That's what Craig and I are doing. Anyway, we're kind of looking at all the agenda right now, and and we're just super excited. We've got a jam-packed list of of speakers coming you know guys like brian kaleo um you know we've got a bunch of marketing experts uh we've got jason tyson i don't want to tell you everything um but it's going to be awesome for real and and the the content will be different than the last summit so even if you went to the last summit don't think that it's going to be a regurgitation of the same thing we are going to follow some of the same principles in what we do you know the pillars that we talk about but it's going to be a different content different energy um, and we're going to bring new and current information so get to the registration see if you can get one of those early birds if not it's still going to be action-packed and value-packed so come on see you in la for more info and to check out the registration page go to bulletproofsummit.com So the other thing you just mentioned that I don't want to gloss over is reserve, resveratrol, right? And that's been a hot topic. That and the NMN molecule, which is nicotinamide mononucleotide. Right, right. Hold on, hold on, Craig. It's easy. It's NMN. This is on Joe Rogan for just recently with a guy at Harvard. Uh, I forget his name, Dr. David, whatever. But it's it was a very downloaded podcast, and it was this was a longevity podcast he was talking mm-hmm. about. Um, and he actually talked about stuff like metformin and stuff like that. But basically, this being how NMN and Zveritrol work kind of uh, uh, together syn- synergistically to kind of help mimic the effects of sirtuins. That's right. Sirtuin right. genes. Can you right. talk about that for a second? Like what a sirtuin is? Because that's maybe one of the first time that people have heard, heard of a sirtuin. So, so, the, yeah. so the sirtuin genes are the ones that they're doing sort of at the cellular level. Um, protecting the cell and they take the cells into sort of maintenance phases. And so, so a lot of times might be why they're protecting us from cancer. You know, they're promoting the cell to kind of be in steady state and repair and not in constant turnover, you know, so, so protecting yourself and longevity is not necessarily about increasing your rate of cell turnover. You want you want to increase the rate of maintenance and repair. And so that's part of why the, the sirtuin gene is doing that. And then, there's another set of genes related to kind of body weight is the FOXO genes, right? So, so that's part of how some of these you these say FOXO, work. FOXO, FOXO three, F O X O. Wow. And so that can be one of the genes that's kind of related to um, sort of our obesity thermostat, if you would. Mm-hmm. And then depending on if you have a variability in that gene, we think that might be one of the other things that might predispose someone to be obese, whereas another person is not. And we all remember that, you know, everyone distinctly, all the dentists remember the Krebs cycle. So this is all relating back to mitochondrial function, right? Exactly. Exactly. Okay. And so, so it's protecting the mitochondria. And so the other things that these things are doing are probably um, reducing oxidative damage in the cell. You know, mm-hmm. so the so the the NMN or the the 
the nicotinamide uh, riboside, the mm-hmm. NR one, that's a you know that's a you know, popular one now that they're they're selling as a supplement. It's supposed to be partly protective there, and it's supposed to be creating <laughs> the, something called NAD plus, NAD+. which is, you know, is sort of the thing that's supposed to help with um, the protective mitochondrial. But you can't ingest NAD plus because it won't. It doesn't pass the gut. You have to take the precursors to it, which are NMN. Right. And, or we can give it IV. Or you can give you can give NAD IV. IV. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Craig, I know like you're kind of crossing too. over like, what the hell are you talking about? But yeah. this is important because it's not just a longevity thing. It actually is an anti, it's a reversal of. And so, um, you know, because there's a decline in metabolic function that happens in the mitochondria. Mm-hmm. Right? So it kind of helps, it helps rev that back up. Um, you know, part of me just, I, I you know, I, I know you guys are both very enthusiastic about this stuff. And I, I, I have a lot of patients who are, uh, you know, what do you call it? It's, I guess they're, you guys are biohackers. You, you guys well, like to. I mean, not, he's, I wouldn't classify neither one of us as biohackers, but. Well, I mean, like, it almost feels like, I hope that at the end of this, you know, conversation, I'm not saying that we're needing to end, but at the end, I'd love to have like, what are the top five things? What's the takeaway? Yeah. Well, not even that because it's all valuable, but it's like for the average person, I mean, I, I like to think of myself as like, you know, nutritionally more savvy than the average person. And I imagine our audience of, you know, medical professionals and auxiliary dental professionals is more savvy than the average person. But this seems like a lot to me. And I wonder, like, you know, most people are struggling just to drink enough water or, Mm -hmm. you know, get enough sleep. So it's like, I almost just, I think that at the end of this conversation, I'd love to have a top five, like what are the five easiest things to do? I think you make a very good point. And so kind of going back to um, foundation, so why should someone go and take NMM or resveratrol or get NAD injected if they're not even paying attention to their nutrition, their right. sleep, right. You, know, you know, even hormonal balance, you know, and, and the water, all those things. A great thing, Craig. You're right. The hydration, right? Hydrated. Those are the things that actually. That's what also protects the cell. So, so these things that we're talking about, it's clearly over and above, you know. So I would never just start someone out and say, hey, you should really go, you know, do these things. In fact. Almost always, we're in the, you know, the foundation and mid level, and not kind of going to that, you know, um, unless someone's kind of already got all that tidied up, you know, then we're kind of looking at, okay, what's the next thing? What are we? And we're also trying to measure how effective that we're doing. So that's the other kind of challenge with, you know, doing NMM or some of those other things. Right now, the studies actually with those show that giving that sure raises NAD plus. It looks like, but there's not been. Um, any big studies in humans that have done kind of the outcomes with that. So we're seeing there's some extrapolation with what looks like it happens biochemically and what happens in the, I love it. They call them preclinical studies, which means they're not human. So <laughs> I love it. There's, great. there's not really the human studies that kind of prove, you know, that with some of these things, so it looks, you know, it looks promising. So that's why I say you got to do the foundation first. And then that's if you're great. interested and you want to go, kind of go to the next level and you can do do these things but uh, thanks for pulling it back yeah. in craig i could have uh, no it's just uh, no i appreciate it i appreciate it but you guys are so you're so granular because you're so into this i'm like i'm like i hear it it's all good but i just wonder what what are the takeaways yeah. uh-huh. most, of, most of us I, I do believe are struggling with the water and the sleep and the blah 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 right and then calorie you know your your nutrition and calorie restriction and timing and maybe intermittent fasting or even some, the other thing that's really, uh, there's some good research on is fasting mimicking diets. 
right? So instead of doing a prolonged fast where people just do a water diet for, you know, three to five days, you can actually do a fasting mimicking where it's a lower calorie diet with the right nutrients. And that has some great regenerative effects hmm. um, with that. So some very good studies. Um, actually, um, Longo out of UCLA, the Institute <coughs> for Longevity, um, he spent the past 20 years kind of researching this. And he kind of came about it looking at the, this thing called the blue zones where all the, the centenarians live yeah. in the world and, and why are they healthy and, and mm. what do they do and what do they eat and how do they live. And he sort of backed into this from sort of a, a biochemistry standpoint and a nutrition standpoint. And uh, I think that's got some legs. That's really uh, going to be something that's going to be impactful that, that um, anybody could do. What are, what are a few things that, you, that are really exciting you about the advances in medicine or whether it's, you know, like bioprinting or whatever? Like, what do you see? What are you really excited about that you see happening in our lifetime? Or so we have a, well, you know, have a better understanding of uh, the genomic piece, right? Mm -hmm. So and it's not static. Like people used to think, like, oh, I have that gene, you know, I have X percent risk of heart attack. But our genes are dynamic. We know when I was in school, there's just started this thing called the Human Genome Project. We thought, hey, we're gonna have all the answers. I remember my genetic class having that discussion. Now, you know, our food changes that. Our food changes our genetic expression. That's why you're not locked in necessarily if you have some of these genes. And like, and I'm sure when you first looked at all those, we all have all these different gene variants, and people literally just kind of get freaked out when they look at all, I have all these abnormalities. Well, we all have them and there's a lot of duplicity in our genetic code, you know, for that reason, but we can change that. Our food changes our genetic expression. And then also the influence with um, pharmacogenomics. Like before you, you know, inject somebody with, you know, a medicine or numbing medicine or give them an antibiotic or even a pain medicine, we should really know what is going to be their likely response, you know, based on their, their genetics and how they're going so to So more customized medicine based on your genomic profile. Yeah. So more precision, more precision. Um, with that. So we know, and then that really needs to permeate. It's just now kind of getting into a few of the bigger centers with looking at um, either drug responses, such as some of the, the cardiovascular mm -hmm. drugs like Coumadin, the blood thinners or, or something like Clobitagrel but even um, like chemotherapy now. So sometimes they're basing chemotherapies based on what your genetic marker is, you know, and like we know the slow code gene is going to increase your risk for having a bad reaction to statins. So the cardiologist should know that before they mm -hmm. prescribe that. Right. But it's not, you know, but it's, that, it's not. So that's, I mean, I've literally got, yeah. anyway, I, I was literally on the wrong statin, Craig. I mean, they all didn't agree with me, but like, like from a genetic profile, I was on the wrong one and it was adversely, it was actually, I don't know what it was doing. I forget now, but like that was never looked at because a cardiologist said, here you go, take this. Cause everyone gets a statin kind of thing. Yeah. And it's still the trial and error kind of phase. The of, trial and uh, error. Yeah. You know, given that, given the advanced technology we have, you know, um, I mean, you know, just like you, like not measuring for a crown. You just kind of, well, we'll just keep fitting ones on and you let me know, come back next week. If let me know. And let me know. And you don't have a headache and you're, and you're right. Exactly. You know, so. Um, we, we should be able to do that with more precision. I, I have a question. Back, <clears throat> go ahead, go ahead. Sorry, I, I just have a question. Do you, are you aware of any studies um, that correlate spirituality or I, I don't know how to measure them. What I'm trying to say is there is, is there, is there some form of like people that are live in a spirit of gratitude or have a sense of um, mm -hmm. um, spiritual identity is, is spirituality uh, promote longevity as far as you um, know? Uh, yeah, absolutely. 
And part of that is because um, when people have um, faith, then they have, um, I guess, not really more of a sense of control, or they don't, they don't feel like you know there's less maybe worry with that. I think, and and but it also kind of our spiritual practice literally helps our brain to um, settle down and to deal with that and to restore. You know, um, certainly a lot of studies with yoga and meditation related to that brings down blood pressure, lowers cortisol, changes your brain waves, uh, changes your blood pressure. Uh, even weight changes with people that have a regular practice um, that's like that. I, I think that we're all, we all have a spiritual component, you know, regardless of religion, right? Those are two separate things, you know? So I think that that's part of our, our, um, our stress response in our body that we have this um, spiritual component. And so the people that do the best are the people that pay attention to that and they do something with that, you know, so it's not just, um, <clears throat> the reason why I ask is because there's, there's almost, you know, I had a patient that came in the office recently and she was obviously not well. She was germaphobic, but to such a level that she couldn't touch the doors and she, you know, so I think that, you know, there's, there's almost, you know, Right now, we at, at the present time, there's no escaping death. We can prolong our life. We can, but but at at what expense and what level of stress? And we all know that stress is related to um, sickness. And there has to be this happy medium of like let's pursue what's within our reach, but also enjoyment of life as well. I think that the people in the blue zones, like Okinawa, or whatever, you know, I know those people. They're their fishing village and they're probably not too concerned about like what's going on in Instagram and that this doctor seeing a full mouth Friday and I'm not. Uh So I think that in the age of um, upward and social comparison, there's also this X factor that's going to make us sicker as well. Societal pressure that we're, we don't have enough. And there's Pete and I talk about this article all the time. It's called the disease of more written by Mark Manson and that human beings like to be at a level seven of happiness. Someone dies, you go to a zero Uh, over time. You go back to a seven, you hit the lottery, you go to a 10 over time, you go back to a seven. So I think that there's a lot of mental unhealth in dentistry. And I think that it's being compounded by um, what other people think. And, and I just, I just wanted to point out that there's the X factor of what you believe in your spiritual identity and your practice of gratitude that probably has just as much healing effects. Absolutely. And I think um, as practitioners, we have to have a good place for ourselves, right? Because you know, when patients come into the practice, they sense what the energy is there. <clears throat> they sense the culture. So not only us, but my staff, right? So kind of the way we approach that is like, you know, um, I can't hire someone and make them nice. Yeah. You know, I have to hire people that come with that certain skill set, that personal set. They're genuine. And that's kind of how, you know, and, and Pete can um, attest to that. It's like they're genuinely glad you're there. They genuinely want to help you. We'll do everything to make not only just happy, but your experience excellent. So that's kind of how our approach is. We think that's a part of the healing environment. So how you're received when you come, you know, and also the physical environment. So that's the other thing about integrated medicine that may be different. We take into account what our physical environment is when you're here and how you might respond to that emotionally. You know, so all the people need to be aware and on the same page. And it's a part of a healing experience. 
you know, because coming to the dentist is one of the most stressful things. You know, it's like the last thing I want them to do is take my blood pressure when I go to the dentist. I don't yeah. know why you guys yeah. want to do that, but <laughs> so this is the last place you need to take my blood pressure. Well, that's more of a that's more of a CYA kind of thing. We don't want <laughs> I understand. To yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, and I guess some people were the first line of being like they haven't seen a physician. It's like, hey, did you know that you need to go see a doctor like yeah, this true. afternoon? Um, um, so let's go back to Craig for a second, since you do see out of towners and I want people listening to say like, wow, he sounds like my kind of guy. Um, Dr. Flowers, how, how does that happen? How do people typically do that? Yeah. So typically, um, I like to, uh, have people call and we do some kind of phone consult to kind of get to know you a little bit, understand what your goals are, what are your health issues, if any. And then we'll talk about what would our approach would be. Mm-hmm. Um, I need to see people, you know, we do a face-to-face in the office. So the initial visits, two to three hours, we go through everything, physical exam, all your labs. I get labs, everything ahead of time because I want to sit down and take the time to digest all of this. So it's extensive history that we get from you. And, um, you know, that, that, you know, two to three page plan that you got, I sit down, I do that ahead of time. So then when we meet, we're productive. Yeah. You know, we have a, we have something to do. We're going to collaborate. We're going to go through all of it together, have a plan. A plan. So, I think that's the key you know, thing that I yeah. take away. You know, everyone, I think everyone, if they know what's ahead of them and they have a plan. That's what I liked about it. It's like, here's the thing. These are good. These things suck. Let's work on this stuff. And like, you know, and we'll circle back up in six months. And if it's working. And it's, and it's all, it's all explicit. And so then the second half of that um, is um, our nurse, um, Misty, who's also fellowship trained. She's, uh, she's one of the few masters prepared integrative medicine nurses in the country. And so she's kind of the coach. She's looking at, okay, gets into the very details of your life. What do you do? What's going to be your obstacle? Try to anticipate that because there's a lot. People come here, you know, not to get a prescription for aspirin, right? We're going to do a lot and when we, we're doing this and it's comprehensive and um, we try to fit it together and ex- so you can execute the plan, you know, cause that's, it's gotta be, there's gotta be a coach to help you do that and kind of boil it down. And then um, we partner, so it's available. So you literally join the practice. And so we're in this together. There's, there's, you know, usually questions as we go along. And then quarterly, we're going to be checking, you know, labs and following up. Um, the follow-ups, when people are away, we do teleconferencing. So you know, we, we figured that out. One of the cool things, too, I want to interject this, Craig, because I think you'll see value from it, is like literally I have vitamins that are made just for me based That's on all cool. the data, right? And mo- so many of us will go, you know, I used to go to GNC and buy the men's health and, vitamin and pop, pop it down. Right. But like, um, so I think that goes back to the customized medicine that we talked about as being the future. And I think that that's a cool thing because Dr. Flowers can modify or augment some of the things that I need, may need mm-hmm. in my form, you know, call mm-hmm. it the formulation based on what I'm presenting at that point in time. That's cool. Um, yes. So yeah. anyway, I just want to interject that because I think that's a cool thing. And that's really helped me kind of get away from the statins and stuff and him try, trying to address it from a nutraceutical standpoint, as opposed to a pharmaceutical standpoint. Yeah, that's, that's exactly right. right. So, nutritional um, medicine is that's your, and that's our medicine. That's why it's so important the quality. So, even when we're using off the shelf, we're using pharmacy grade because mm-hmm. I need to know that it exactly has that and not have some contaminant or other um, ingredient that's not listed on the box. And as we've seen from some of the studies that pull off the shelf uh, products from the stores, it's a lot of variability with that. Mm-hmm. It's a yeah, self-regulated industry. Yeah. So we use companies that do self-regulate and they, they monitor, they certify their, their content. And so I know, cause that's very important because that's my medicine for you. Yeah. And so I want to know for sure, you know, what we've got. 
That's awesome. Cool. That's cool. Well, Doc, we've consumed enough time. I'm glad. I'm going to put some of the uh, the best way in the show <clears> notes for to be able to get a, 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 a sorry a hold of you. But it's uh-huh. flowersmedical.com, right? That's your that's, that's, right. that's your website. Um, yep. And then we'll put some links on the kind of that from our from our site as well. But that's how people would get a hold of you. And yeah, I guess that's, that's great. Yeah. Um, we'll be glad to do it and love to yeah. talk to anybody that wants to just get an idea about what they're um craig's writing it down right now he's going no i i've been on it already flowers medical group oh no uh, not yeah. flowers medical group flowers medical because yeah, flowers, flowers medical.com yeah flowers medical.com um, or if you google flowers medical group you'll find us too cool cool well thanks so much for spending the time it's it's pretty rare that uh that you get this much time with it with a physician again and i appreciate you taking the time to do it with us and on, awesome. on the podcast yeah, yeah great really thanks guys for having me. thank you guys all right. Okay, good. See you soon. Take care. Bye-bye. Take care, guys. Thanks for listening to another edition of the Bulletproof Dental Practice Podcast. If you got any value or insight from today's episode, it massively helps us create awareness if you would take five seconds and leave us a review in iTunes. Also, stay in touch with our updates and such by just texting the word Bulletproof, all one word, to 345-345. We promise not to bombard you with spam texts or anything, but it will help update you on special opportunities for our listeners, as well as even info on the upcoming Bulletproof Summit 2019. Again, that's the word Bulletproof to 345-345. Thanks so much, y'all. Have a great day.